on, I want to hear your worship. Come on, let your worship saturate the atmosphere. We pray for you tonight. Oh God. Oh God. I'm sorry, into a new season. Well, we'll we'll talk about systems here in a moment. But oftentimes when God begins to, or God gets ready to bring you into a new season or shift you into something greater, uh, a lot of times what he'll do is clean you out first. He'll purify your heart first. He's making sure that there is nothing that will hinder you, nothing that will stop what it is that God wants to do in you in this new season. And so that's just the way that he operates. And so uh, I want to say maybe for like the past three, maybe four years or so, I have been studying about the virtuous woman. And uh, this is one of my favorite subjects in the word of God. One of my favorite subjects in the word of God. The whole Bible is good, but I'm telling you this right here, what I've learned from my studies, from my studies over the years, I've learned that what we have been taught or who we have been taught that the virtuous woman is, is not really what Solomon was trying to explain to us when he wrote the chapter on in Proverbs 31. It is nowhere near what we have been taught in our churches. Now, let me take a moment right here and say that if you were ever in, you know, a woman's conference or a, a, a church service and you hear someone uh, teaching the, about the Proverbs 31 differently from how I'm getting ready to give it to you. You know, don't don't laugh at them. Don't try to stand up in church and correct them, you know, just applaud them and thank God for them. Because I do understand that God has given each person a different revelation concerning that chapter. Uh, but what I have learned is nothing what I uh, what we have been taught over the years. You know, we were taught in some in some circles, we were taught that the virtuous woman, the Proverbs 31 woman, that she was always very snazzy. She was always dressed right. She always had on, had on, had always had her makeup right. Her hair was right. You know, she always had on, uh, she always had like, I don't even know how to put it. Like we just were taught that she was just this prissy woman. And a lot of us, that's what we uh, we went went for. We went for trying to be prissy. We went for trying to be this beautiful woman that the Bible talks about that we should be. You know, some of us even went as far as saying that, you know, we won't say anything. We'll be real quiet and we'll just stand behind our husbands and we'll let him do all the talking, but we'll just keep quiet. Can I tell you that that is not what the virtuous woman is. As a matter of fact, when you look up that term virtuous, you will find that it is the Greek word for virtuous woman is a word that we refer to as kyil. Come on, right there where you are, just type in kyils, C-H-A-Y. 
Y-I-L. And let me just take a moment right now and just let you know that one of the reasons why I feel impressed to talk about this today is because I sense, I, I sense in my spirit that there is a great Kyle anointing that is getting ready to come upon the body of Christ. Now, I will explain to you exactly what that means, but if you can, go ahead and type the name Kyle in the comment section. Let me just, so I can know that you are tuned in because you're about to get some good information today. So yes, I've really been sensing that this great Kyle anointing is getting ready to come upon the body of Christ. Somebody said, okay, pastor, what is a Kyle anointing? Well, Kyle, let's start with what Kyle means. While yes, it does mean to be virtuous, and it's something because when they first, when they first uh begin to interpret the Bible, you know, from the Greek and from the Hebrew, when they first uh, when they first were trying to define what Kyle means, um, they they described virtue as a, a woman that had to walk around with a chastity belt because at the time when they were when they were uh, interpreting the Bible over into the King James version, at the time a lot of me it was medieval times, so a lot of the men they were away from the home, they were out fighting, they were at war and their number one concern was how their number one concern was will their wives and will their daughters remain pure while they're at war and so let me tell you what they ended up doing. That's where the whole chastity belt comes from. They went and they invented this chastity belt and made us wear them. Ew. First of all, how do you pee pee with a chastity belt on? I'm sorry. I don't go and rain it off. People that are listening to this are like, what? But come on, let's think about it. How do you use the bathroom with this chastity belt on? How do you wash yourself with it? I mean, this is just nasty. You can tell that a man came up with this concept because I can, I can guarantee you, baby, ain't no woman come up with this because we know what we have to do on a daily basis to keep it clean. Come on here, somebody. And so they came up with this concept out of hoping that hope and hope that it would keep their wives from sleeping around with other men because they would be away fighting for years. Uh, they would be away at war for years at times. They were hoping that they wouldn't come back and find out that their daughters had lost their virginity to some random man. But can I tell you that that is not what the Kai, that is not who Kyil is. That has nothing to do with it, as a matter of fact. What Solomon was describing in Proverbs 31, he was describing a woman of wealth. He was describing a woman that, that, that created with her mind. She, she basically walked in the same dominion power that God walked in when he created the earth. He was describing a woman that knew how to war. Kyle is a warfare word. 
It is a warfare word, y'all. This, this is what Kyle boils down to. What does that mean? Okay, so let me take it back just a moment because you remember Solomon is King David's son. And you remember that before Solomon came into office, before he sat down on the throne and was crowned as king, his father was in office. And we know that one of the things that David was known for is he was known for war. David was known. You didn't play with David. There was a man in the word of God that messed around and played with David. Let me tell you something. If you play around with David, you're going to mess around and you're going to find out. And so there was a man by the name of Nabal in the word of God. He had, uh, David had asked him, would David had sent his men to this wealthy man and asked him, would he be able to just get some food? Can you supply my people with food because we're hungry? And this man turned around and told David no. And the thing of it is, the way that he said it, he said it real smart like, you know, he said it, he said it to make David feel less than a man. Okay, now we know you done messed up right there. And so the Bible says that David said, okay, this is what we're going to do to Nabal. We're going to kill Nabal. I mean, there was not, there wasn't a phase one with Dave, with David. When you messed around with David, that he would go straight to phase 10. He would go straight to, he would go straight to DEFCON 3. You're going to die because you didn't give me no food to eat. And the Bible says that he set out on his, on, on his horses, on his chariots. Uh, his whole team was getting ready to take out Nabal, getting ready to take out Nabal's whole family. And the Bible says that one of the men went and told the wife, Nabal's wife, of what David was getting ready to do. And the Bible says that she knew instantly what to do. Come on, she, she oh my God, she was, she was a very wise woman. This is another part when it comes to having a Kyle anointing. First of all, let me go back and even say, let me go back and say this because a lot of times when we hear the the word virtuous woman, we have been taught that the Bible is only talking about women. But can I tell you that when Solomon penned that scripture, he was not defining women only. No, he was defining an ideology. Yes, the virtuous woman, it is not about a woman. The virtuous woman was written as an ideology. It was written as, as a, as a, uh, um, let me see. How should I word this? It was written in a in as an example that we in the body of Christ should follow after. Whether if you're a woman, whether if you're a man, we should follow after the Kyle woman. It does not mean that as a man you need to dress like a woman or vice versa. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying think like this Kyle woman thinks, and she she thinks with wisdom. She thinks in power. She thinks in strategy. She thinks about wealth. She thinks she's she's a worker. She works with her hands. She never stops. She's never idle. The Bible says that if you become idle, then then 
and just know that one day your feet are going to slip and poverty is going to come upon you. But when you read about the virtuous woman, she was always moving. She was always doing something. She was always creating something. And so the Bible says that Nabal's wife, she began to start gathering up everything that David requested. And as a result of her wisdom, a whole slaughter was called off. Come on, there is something about a wise woman. Come on, women, let me talk to y'all for a minute. I, I, I know there might be some men that are tuned in as well, and I'll come to you. But ladies, because this is a show for women, let me talk to y'all real quick. Y'all got to calm down. You, If you notice, Nabal's wife, when she heard that David was getting ready to come and take out not only her husband, but her as well, she did not go to the level that her husband was on. No, immediately she started thinking of a strategy on how she was going to protect her household. Some of you have got to learn that. You are too hyped. And you get hype over the stupidest stuff. Somebody cuts you off in traffic and now you've turned into a whole road rage person. You're driving up behind them, tailgating them, beeping your horn. If you had a weapon, you would pull it out and start shooting it in the air. Girl, what's got you so stressed out? Is everything okay at home? Are you okay? Are the children okay? Because I'm trying to figure out why you were always on level 10. If somebody speaks to you in the morning, you're angry with them. If somebody if somebody cuts you off in the morning accidentally, they didn't even mean to do it. They didn't even see you. They're thinking about their own issues in their life and they accidentally cut you off and now you're back on level. You need to calm down. Yes, you need to calm down. I got to have my cup of coffee. No, that's coffee is not going to do for you what you think that it's going to do. And so Nabal's wife, one thing that we can learn from her is that she did not go to where her husband was. She said, okay, how can I silence this situation? God, what is it that I can do that I can cause this thing to complete? Let me tell you the reason why your some of your husbands will never be great uh, in the city. They'll never accomplish great things because you're crazy. It's not even that he's crazy. It's because you're crazy. And so people don't want to invite him to special services. They don't want to invite him to special meetings because they know that it is a great possibility that you're going to end up saying something crazy. And so as they're going down the list and they're sending out invites, they're not inviting your family because of you. You got to calm down. What's got you so hyped? Because whatever it is, you need to cut it off because we have to understand. <clears throat> we have to understand that as women, hold on, let me take a moment and get my, my drink. This happens every Wednesday. Oh my God. We have to understand as women that if we want to accomplish great things if we ever want to if we ever want to uh go far in life uh, or, or if we want our husbands to accomplish great things we have to understand the power that we walk in as women 
If the Bible says that her husband was known in the city, and the Bible says that her children, they rose up and they called her blessed. I can guarantee you that they did that because they saw mama always diffuse the situation. Now, they also saw mama war when it was time to war. There is a time to war and then there is a time to sit back and figure out, okay, how can we work this out? Just because the person that is going at you is on is on level 10 does not always mean that you need to go up there too. And so we as women, we have to understand that if we if we really want our husbands to to fulfill the vision that God has given to him, it is imperative that we learn how to handle him and how to handle the circles that God is either bringing him into or that God has him in. We need to know how to carry ourselves. We need to know how to speak. Come on. If you are one that does not have a great, a great vocabulary, get out a dictionary and begin to start reading the dictionary. Begin to start expanding your vocabulary. Why? Because there is a place. There are places that God is trying to send you to in this season. And you are going to know you are going to need to know how to function in the rooms and the people that God is bringing you around. You cannot be ghetto. Well, I'm from I'm from the hood and so they just going to have to accept me. Let me tell you something. If that continues to be your excuse, you will never go far. Because when you are around people that are in government, when you are around people that are in high ranking positions, there is a conversation that they are having that they're not having in the hood. Come on here, somebody. Oh, this is good stuff. Did you hit that share button? There are conversations that they are having in those in those environments and in those circles that you are not going to hear in the hood. And so a wise person once told me and my husband that when you get around these individuals, you shut your pie hole. You don't have nothing to say. You don't need to be talking about your latest revelation. You don't need to be talking about the business that you started five years ago and passing out cards to all of these people. No, no, no. It ain't time to network yet. It's time for you to keep quiet and listen. Because one of the things that wowed so many people that came around Solomon was his wisdom. And so when he created the allegory of the Proverbs 31 woman, when he created the, the, the allegory of the Kyil woman, he created her as being a woman of wisdom. Let me tell you something. We can learn something from Nabal's wife because one thing that you have to have as a Kyil woman, as a virtuous woman, you must have wisdom. I said it before and I'll say it again. You have to know how to stabilize an environment. 
You have to know how to make the garden of Eden and how to make a, a, how to make a place that is in chaos, a garden of Eden. Everywhere that you go, every time that you step into the room, peace fills the room. Every time that you step into a situation, it's solved and peace fills the situation because you are a wise woman. Let me go back to this again because I feel this in my spirit. Stop you using the excuse of, well, I'm from the hood, and so this is just who I am, and if you don't like it, then oh well. Let me tell you something. If you remain in that type of mindset, you will never see everything that God has for you. Why? Because those rooms, let me tell you something. I, I, I believe I said this last week. Every door that you want God to open for you, it has someone with the ability to open it standing behind it. They determine whether or not you can come through the door. It is not you knocking on the door real hard until your hands bleed that determines whether or not if you if the door will open for you. No, there is someone behind the door that is watching you, that is evaluating your every move. They are watching what they are watching, how you are growing. They are watching how you handle pressure. They are watching how you handle losses and they are and and they and at that moment, they will determine whether or not you are ready to move into this new door that you were praying about. Can I tell you the reason why so many doors for some of you are remaining shut? It's because you are not learning. You are not, you're not catching something. It's because you are not, you're not shifting the way that you're supposed to be shifting and you are holding on to excuses and these excuses are hindering you. If, if you want to go higher in God, it always requires you to rethink. Whenever you want to go to the next level, whenever you want to go to the next dimension, whenever you want to expand your thinking, it will always require you to rethink. It will require you to reposture yourself. Who you were five years ago is not who you should be today. And so if you want new information, the Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. See, we've equated that scripture with money. But that's not the only way that a man can give into your bosom. That might be one of the ways, but it is not the only way. The other way that a man can give into your bosom is with information. But they are not going to give you million dollar information if they see that you're not going to handle it. If they see that you're going to drop the information, if they see that you're not going to do anything with the information, when you want something different, you will begin to do something different. 
When you want something to change, you will begin to change. The Bible says that he gives seed to the sower, bread to the eater, while multiplying your seed sown, and he increases the fruits of your righteousness. What does that mean right there? It means that who you were when you first sowed the seed is not who you will be when you go to collect the harvest. Because while because after you sow the seed, while the seed is multiplying, God is changing you. He is preparing you to handle the harvest from that seed. You sowed it so that you can start a business. Now, what God is doing is he is shifting you from being in, from having an employee mentality and he is shifting you into being a business owner. What does that look like? That means that now you are showing up before your shift starts and you are leaving later than your shift ends. Why? Because you understand that it will take even more for me to work for myself than it will for somebody else. And so now God is shifting your mindset. God is saying, God is saying, put in double work because you're sowing the seed into another man's vision. And when you learn how to sow a seed into another man's vision, then I will send people that will sow into your vision. And so God is shifting your mindset after you sow. He is increasing you so that when you get the harvest, you'll be able to handle it. Come on, can I tell some of you the reason why the harvest has not shown up yet is because you couldn't handle it even if you wanted to. You cry out for God to give you all of this wealth and all of this money, but the only problem is the money that you do have, you're not being a good steward over it. Come on, you gamble it. Come on, I don't know who I'm talking to, but you gamble the money away. You lose money quicker than a quicker than a bucket that's holding water.